get into the Word today. The Lord has uh, laid a message on my heart. Actually, I may begin um, a series about being positioned. The Lord has spoken to me about positioning us uh, during this time, positioning the church. So, uh, I don't know, a series may come out of this, um, but uh, next week we'll take a pause and uh, we'll uh, honor the graduates and have a special message for them uh, next week. But uh, today... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna begin uh, on positioning uh, with I'm gonna read out of the book of Jonah. I'm gonna have several verses today, so if you want to grab a Bible and follow along, if not, Shelbo's gonna have it there on the screen for you. We're actually gonna touch on multiple verses in Jonah chapter one, two, three, and four. Uh, I'm not gonna read that many, but uh, I'm gonna call them out, and then we're gonna go through them. We're gonna get right into the message today, Jonah beginning with chapter 1 and verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Skipping down to verse 11 and 12. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be quiet for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Verse 15, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a great sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and you heard my voice. Jonah chapter 2 verse 10. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Thank God for second chances. Saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose, and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. He called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord God and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. 
Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Verse 11, the last verse I'll read. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. I want to preach to you today a message I have simply titled, Positioned for Purpose. Positioned for Purpose. If you will, pray with me and for me today. Father, one more time we come before you this morning. We thank you for your presence we've already felt in this place. God, I thank you for every person watching by Facebook Live or the YouTube channel today. God, I pray today that you would anoint your word. God, move me out of the way, Lord, that your spirit may be increased within me. God, I ask you to anoint these lips of clay, that I would speak not my words, God, uh, not even with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but God, your word would come forth today in the power and in the demonstration of your spirit. God, I ask you to anoint the ear of every hearer, Lord, to hear, and the heart of every hearer to receive what thus saith the word of the Lord to us this day. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Now, thank you, Nicholas. I want to ask you, if you haven't already, share this feed, uh, this stream, this video in your, uh, on your uh, news feed, on your page, because this is a word that I believe many people need to hear today. It's going to be a word that you're going to want to share, I believe, with people, not because of me, but because of God's word. You're going to want to share with some people that are going to come to your mind as I'm preaching this message today. We're talking about being positioned for purpose. Have you ever in your life deliberately ran from God. Perhaps there are some joining us today that are running from the Lord. And here's the problem. Uh, It's really larger than you may think that it is. You cannot run from God until you have first heard from God. Let me say that again. You cannot run from God until you have first heard from God. What I'm saying to you is this. If you know if you are running from the Lord, and the Lord knows that you know. See, I see, uh, if you see the problem here, I believe we'll all agree that you've got to find your way back to the will of the Lord. Now, Jonah's name is connected with the word dove, which signifies a messenger. That's what a dove was in the Bible. His father's name, Jonah's father's name, was Amittai, which means my truth. Put the two together, and we find that Jonah, by name, was called a messenger of the truth. Don't forget that. See, one of the greatest issues in this world today is not sin. It's not sickness or disease or this pandemic or even politics. Somebody say hallelujah. One of the greatest issues of our time, I believe, revolves around quote unquote Christians not living up to their name. To be a Christian means to be a Christ follower. It means to be Christ-like. I believe one of the greatest issues of our time revolves around Christians not living up to their name. 
So God sent Jonah to preach to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital city of Israel's prime enemy, Assyria. Now, one can understand the prophet's dread of going there from a natural viewpoint. If you don't know anything about Assyria, Assyria was an extremely cruel nation. If their inscriptions are to be believed, then they flayed their enemies alive. That's what it said. They made heaps or piles of their skulls, and they did other dreadful deeds. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was the wrong side of the tracks that your mama told you about when you were growing up. But in disobedience to what God said, Jonah took a ship for Tarshish. Now, Tarshish was probably on the south coast of Spain. And then there was a theologian, I had actually never heard of him. His name was H.C. Woodring, who was actually from Kentucky and is buried in the Hardin Cemetery uh, in Kentucky. But H.C. Woodring comments on the prophet's rebellion against his assignment. And here's what he had to say in his commentary. He said, God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh, 500 miles northeast of Palestine. Instead of going east, Jonah went 2,000 miles to the west. Instead of going east 500 miles, he went 2,000 miles to the west. God wished Jonah to take an overland trip via the Fertile Crescent. But instead, he took a distasteful sea voyage. Because if you knew anything about the Jews, the Jews hated the sea. God sent him, was sending him to the greatest metropolis of the day. But instead of going there, Jonah headed for a remote trading post on the very fringes of civilization. The Lord wished to go with this prophet, but instead Jonah tried to flee from the presence of the Lord and from the power of God. Instead of going 500 miles in the right direction with the Lord, he went 2,000 miles in the wrong direction without the Lord. That's 2,500 miles away from God. Remember that. Now, allow me to give you a word of wisdom if you're watching today. I promise you this. You may be willing to invest all of your time, all of your talent, and all of your treasure uh, into uh, running away from the Lord. But I want to promise you, if you do, you will ultimately be very disappointed. I think the psalmist said it best in Psalms chapter 139, verses 7 through 10. He said this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, or if I settle on the far side of the sea, Tarshish, uh, even there your hand will guide me. Even there your hand, your right hand will hold me fast. Listen, I want to tell you something, friend. Though we may choose a different route, God has a way of ultimately leading us in the direction that He wants us to go. The Lord sent out or hurled, the scripture said, a great wind and a mighty tempest that imperiled the ship 
and its occupants. The heathen mariners, probably Phoenicians, if you read in the Bible, they cast lots to see who was responsible. They gambled to try to figure out who's responsible for all of this trouble. Isn't that the way of the world today? Everybody wants to play the blame game. Everybody wants to find somebody to blame. It's never them. They're never the ones wrong, but let's cast lots and see. Let's uh, try to figure out who's the who's the blame here. But Jonah, the Hebrew, he was revealed as the culprit. But he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. And in verses 11 through 16, the question was asked, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? That shows a typical attitude of caring for oneself at all cost. That's a modern attitude of today. I'm going to look out for number one. Numero uno. I'm going to look out for myself. Or maybe me and my four and no more. The typical attitude of caring for yourself at all costs. And, and, uh, but however, for uh, pagan old salts, they displayed a real sense of fair play here. And Jonah advised them, all right, boys, if it's me, just go ahead and throw me overboard. You ever been there? You ever felt like I've messed this up so bad this time? Might as well just do me in, throw in the towel, quit, throw me overboard, let the sharks and the fish, whatever, eat me, leave me out here to die. But they were reluctant to do this, and they rode hard to try to return to the land instead. But finally, they were driven to do it as a last resort because the longer they kept him on board, the sea continued to grow more and more violent against them. And then in verse 17, we read that a great fish prepared by the Lord. Let that sink in. Prepared by the Lord. Swallowed up Jonah and kept him captive for three days and three nights. Now the miracle was not that the fish could swallow a man, but that the man was not digested. He wasn't chewed up. He was still whole in the belly of that whale. Remember that. So here we have Jonah swallowed up inside of a whale's stomach. And we read in chapter 2, verse 1, Then Jonah prayed. Then if you scroll on down, we've already read the verse to verse 10. The word said, And the Lord spoke. Put those two together. Jonah prayed, and the Lord spoke. Jonah prayed, and the Lord spoke. I want you, it may sound elementary, and I'm not trying to, uh, uh, to, to try to mimic anybody else, but repeat it with me at home. Jonah prayed, and the Lord spoke. Let that sink in for just a minute. See, hey, that's how it works, church. Can I say that? I said that's how it works. When we pray, God speaks. What have I been preaching the last several weeks of this pandemic? What did God say in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14? If my people, not the world, not the lost, not the sinners, but if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sin. And then will I heal their land. See, that's the way it works. When we pray, God speaks. You may be going through a whale experience this morning. 
But you can take heart. And I didn't give them these scriptures. Jot them down if you want to go back and read them. You can take heart in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Judges chapter 3 and verse 9. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer. 1 Samuel 7 and 9. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. The psalmist David said in Psalms 3 and 4, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Psalms 18 and verse 6, David said, In my distress I called upon the Lord, and I cried unto my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Psalms 22 and verse 5, To you they cried and they were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Psalms 107 and verse 6, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Psalms 130 and verse 1, Out of the depths I cried to you, O Lord. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm saying Jonah cried out to God and God spoke to that fish. Some of us need to cry out to God right now in the middle of our whale experience, trusting, knowing, and believing that when we pray, God speaks. Hallelujah. And as soon as he cried out to God, God spoke to the fish. And the fish, forgive me, vomited Jonah out onto dry land. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Jonah went over 2,000 miles out of the way. 2,500 miles from Nineveh. All the while, in the belly of that whale, actually, here's what the Bible called it, the belly of hell. Anybody ever felt like you've been there? All the while, 2,500 miles away from where God was leading him, in the belly of hell, Jonah was still on course. Let that sink in. God was navigating him to where he needed him to be. See, I'm praying this morning that some of us will get in tune with our GPS. And I'm not talking about your global positioning system. I'm talking about your God positioning system. I feel the Lord when I say that. I've come to tell some of you today whether you brought the situation on yourself or not. Listen, that's what's so good about God. Jonah brought the whole thing on himself. Whether you brought the situation on yourself or not, don't curse your belly of hell experience. Did you hear me? I said don't curse your belly of hell experience. God is using that experience to navigate you where He wants you to be. He's just waiting on you to cry out so He can speak to the hell you're going through. He's just waiting on you to cry out. And when that fish spat Jonah out. He had already navigated him some 2,500 miles 
to the exact location where he needed to be. I want you to look at whoever you're worshiping with today and tell them God is the ultimate navigator. See, the Lord recommissioned Jonah. Thank God for second chances. The Lord recommissioned Jonah to go to Nineveh. And this time, he obeyed. But don't miss this. Listen. From where the fish spat Jonah out, it should have taken him three days' journey to get to the city of Nineveh. But the Word said he entered the city on the first day. It should have taken him three days, but he entered the city on the first day. See, the significance of that is this. When you get willing to fulfill God's purpose for your life, He will not only navigate you, but He will also accelerate you. Did you hear me? He won't only just navigate you, He will also accelerate you. He'll get you there quicker than you ever thought possible. That's one of the biggest miracles in this story. After three days in the belly of a whale, he should have been digested. He should have been dead. At the very least, when he found himself on dry ground, he should have been sick and he should have been tired. But God, but God. I say thank God for the but gods in my life. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something today. You may be sick and tired. You may feel exhausted from the hell and the experience that you're going through. But when you cry out to God and when God speaks, you're going to find yourself right where God wanted you to be all along. Boy, that's good. And now... He's going to accelerate you for His purpose in your life. See, we tend to get hung up on our purpose. If you remember the story, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. But God turned things around for Joseph. And he could later see that he said, quote unquote, what his brothers meant for evil against him, God had meant it for good. To bring it to pass to save much people alive. I've preached an entire message before on how Paul said that he was, quote, made all things to all people that by all means he might save some. You see, the whole reason that God wanted Jonah in this particular city to start with was that because out of 600,000 people, there were over 120,000 or 20% who did not know their right hand from their left. In other words, they didn't know right from wrong. Jonah didn't want to go because of all of the evil that was in that city. See, some of us don't want to go because we'd rather fellowship with Christian folks. But God is looking for somebody to be a messenger of truth. God is looking for somebody to be a messenger of truth. I don't know. Perhaps the reason the church as a whole, not this church, the worldwide church, if you think about it, as a whole, has been going through a whale experience the last two months, and that's what it feels like. We've been in the belly of something for the last two months. Perhaps the reason is that we failed to preach to the Nineveh of our day. Hmm. See, when it comes to the lost around us, 
Has the church determined in their hearts to stay away from them and let them get what we think they deserve? I'm really going to get the holiness police on my back with this. But have we said in our hearts, their day's coming. They're going to get what's due to them. Instead of being compassionate and praying to God they don't get what they deserve. See, I'm so glad. I don't know about you. Even this morning, I need God every single day of my life, every single week of my life, every time between the time I leave this pulpit to the time I come back in it. I need God in my life. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I did not get and still have never gotten what I deserved. God has been merciful to me. I was just a sinner before God reached me. There's a lot of people that don't like you to say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I don't know why they don't like that. Because that's exactly what I was. Thanks be to God for the grace of God. That God would save a sinner like me. Romans 10 verses 13 through 15. What's it say? For those of you that think maybe salvation's not for everybody. The word says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him who they not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? Like Jonah was, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Mark 2 and 17. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well. Listen to this. Boy, this will bust that bubble real quick. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus himself said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. You think you've got it figured out? That's okay. I came for those that don't have it figured out and know they don't have it figured out. Matthew chapter 10, verses 6 through 8. And Jesus said to us, he said, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What did John the Baptist say? Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, now give without pay. But what did he start that with? Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, that was not something. All of those things about healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, and casting out demons, that wasn't something that was supposed to happen at church. He told them to go to the lost and do it. Uh huh. So we sit back and feel sorry for ourselves because we can't come inside the four walls and have ourselves a big old time just to go back outside the four walls and nobody know there's anything different about us. I believe God's allowed us a season of time so that we'd realize all the things that we want to come in here and have a big time about are really supposed to be taking place out there. Did you hear me? The lost don't come to church, but the church is commissioned to go to the lost. I said the lost don't come to church, but the church is commissioned to go to the lost. Jesus stood in the house of a sinner named Zacchaeus, and he said to everybody that heard in Luke 19 and 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 14 and 23, And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I believe that God is commissioning 
some for his purpose this morning. God's purpose is always about the lost. Did you hear me? Now, I'm almost done. Let me recap quickly, but listen to this. In order to get on a ship to Tarshish, Jonah had to first go to Joppa. What do you know about Joppa? Joppa was only a few miles away from the Philistine city of Ashdod. Ashdod means ravager. You may recall that it was there that the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant when they captured it in battle. They placed it in the temple before their false god, Dagon. What do we know about Dagon? Dagon. Dagon was the national god of Philistia. But his origin, Dagon's origin, was from Nineveh. Somebody say, huh? Dagon was a fish god. Listen, he was half man and half fish. He had the head, the hands, and the upper torso of a man, but he had the body and the tail of a fish. The Babylonians also had versions of this same fish god, half man and half fish. I'm talking about being positioned for purpose today. Stay with me. I'm almost done. And when that whale vomited out that bleached purple prophet out on the shore in the land of the fish god, that's where he vomited him out, then word quickly got out. Why? Because here was a man that came up out of the ocean. He walks and he looks like a man, but he smells like a fish. And when this man finally got to Nineveh, this reputation had preceded him there. And the people were willing and ready to hear whatever it was that this fish man had to say. And if any false god could come alive and preach to its followers, it would say the same thing that the prophet Jonah said. Hear, O Nineveh, the word of the Lord. Repent or perish. What are you saying, Pastor, I'm saying that hell that you've been going through in your life, God might have positioned you. You thought you were going off course. You thought you went the wrong way. But God said, no, I'm positioning you and I'm preparing you so that when I spit you out of that belly of hell experience, you're going to be right in front of the very people who are going to listen to you because I've prepared you and I've prepared them to hear what you have to say positioned for purpose if they'll come to the music today I knew I wasn't going to be that long listen to me after entering that great city he announced that it would be overthrown in 40 days other men who have survived similar experiences in history had such mottled skin from the digestive juices that they would stand out in any crowd. But Jonah was assigned to them. The entire city, the entire city repented and believed. They believed God from the greatest all the way down to the least. A fast was proclaimed for man and beast alike. Sackcloth was put on all from king to cattle. And as a result, Nineveh was spared from the disaster. Now listen to me. 
this morning or this afternoon. Now it's 12.08, but I'm almost done. I don't know why God has allowed this to happen. I don't know why the church has been literally put on halt as far as in-person goes for the last two months. But you've learned how to worship from home. If you didn't do it before, you've learned how to pray from home. You've learned how to read and study yourself from home. You've learned how to sit down with your children as they're taught the word of the Lord on smartphones and other devices from home. You've learned how to take time together around the family dinner table for dinner again. You've learned how to have conversations. I don't know why all of this has happened, but I know that God's preparing the church. God's positioning the church for purpose. And I believe not only is He doing that globally, I don't know why Instead of building a new 23,800 square foot building, God decided to allow us to be able to move into a 50,000, 49,654 square foot building, double the size for almost half the cost, right down in the middle of the city of Corbin but I know God is preparing us for something how do you know that pastor well I know that a Baptist friend of mine a lady who is a great friend and a wonderful customer why did I say Baptist because when I tell you this you're probably going to think anything uh, that, that she's full fledged Pentecostal maybe denomination doesn't matter by the way but she called me on the phone and she began talking to me and she said pastor you may not see it now and you may not know it now but God's just about God is getting ready to show you why he is moving your church right down in the middle of the city of Corbin and when she said that, she went, Shoo, I feel that. And I was like, wow, she's making me look bad. She felt it. She said, I'm going to say that again. God's about to prove to you and the Freedom Point congregation why He is choosing to set you right down in the middle of the city of Corbin. Why are you saying that, Pastor? I'm saying that because you need to get ready and you need to be prepared. Yes, we're about ready to open the doors back up around here and things are going to look different and feel different and I want to promise you right now I am not, I refuse to get in the middle. Let me just serve notice on the devil right now today, two weeks ahead of time. I refuse 
choose to get in the middle of a political debate. We're going to do the best that we can to be the safest we can to make everybody feel welcome and comfortable to come worship the Lord. But I'm preaching to you today, God is positioning this church to fulfill a purpose. I feel that down in my spirit. This room ain't going to hold them. I'm afraid the new building ain't going to hold them. But that's all right. If we have to have two services, three services, or four services, God's about to set us right down in the middle of a city in an area that needs God like they've never experienced Him before. God is positioning us for purpose. Now, very quickly, I'm going to close with this. We all know the story. As a result, Nineveh was spared from the disaster. But we know from history that the Assyrians returned to their wicked ways. Listen to me. I'm closing with this. They returned to their wicked ways. After over 150 years of grace, their entire capital was destroyed. Jonah was angry that the Israel's Gentile enemies had been spared. So in despondency, he begins, after experiencing all that, he begins to ask God to let him die. Because he was fearing that Assyria might again threaten Israel. Most of Israel's enemies were severely dealt with by God. And the people of Israel expected their enemies' destruction, not their salvation. Even though Jonah, as a preacher, as a preacher, he understood that God was gracious and merciful. He also knew that countries like Assyria were usually reserved for annihilation by God. For God to show mercy to Assyria, one of the worst of Israel's enemies in the Old Testament economy, it seemed totally wrong to the average Israelite. But the Lord pricked the prophet's conscience. Why are you telling me this? Because when God positions us for purpose, you've got to get your heart right, and you've got to keep it right. The Lord pricked the prophet's conscience with probing query, and he said this, Jonah... Is it right for you to be angry? By way of answer, Jonah passed through Nineveh and he sat on the east side of the city to see what would become of it. And in verses, we're not going there, but listen. Go back to chapter 4, read verses 6 through 8. Then the Lord prepared a large plant to protect Jonah from the sun. Jonah was greatly pleased by this. But the next day, however, God prepared a worm which caused the plant to wither. And also the Lord prepared a sultry east wind, which together with the sun caused the prophet Jonah to faint and to be begging for death. But then on down in verses 9 through 11, then God reminded his prophet that if he had pity on the plant, how much more reason did the Lord have to show pity on a city with more than 120,000 children alone who needed somebody to teach them right from wrong. Jonah was that somebody. I wonder how many joining us today are ready to come out of your belly of hell experience and go wherever it is that God wants to take you for the sake of somebody's salvation. Maybe even your worst enemy. When we want to see God's best for our own worst enemy, then you'll know you're in a position that God can use you for His purpose.
in just a moment they're going to sing. And I want to encourage you to find time to pray. Is there anybody watching today that will say, Pastor, I want to come out of my belly of hell experience and go wherever it is God wants to take me. Do whatever, however God wants to use me for His glory and for His kingdom. Maybe there's somebody watching today, you're not ready to meet the Lord. Can I tell you, it's as easy as your ABCs. A, admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. B, believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He gave His life on the cross of Calvary and He rose for the forgiveness of your sins. C, confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Invite Him into your heart. Let Him be not only your Savior, but your Lord. You do those three things, the Word promises you, you shall be saved. They're going to sing. I'm going to spend some minutes, some moments in this altar in a time of prayer. Would you gather your family and do the same thing?